as Nick mentioned, we're, we're talking a little bit about the the seren the, the seren serenity prayer uh, that goes something like, "God grant me the seren the seren." Well, see, I just can't get past the word serenity, and I I don't know whether it's because of this dreamy, puffy connotation or this overuse in t-shirts or Instagram, Instagram posts, it just seems to me like it's one of those words that is like the synergy of spiritual discussions, weekend yoga aspirations or, or Starbucks gift cards. The word to me is, is kind of cheesy and it, it sort of annoys me. Sorry, I, I'll get past it, don't worry. In fact, it's quite hypocritical of me, to be honest, because I've had this infatuation with Serenity's older brother, contentment, for years. I've leveraged this idea of contentment in some of my most challenging life situations, even within the process of grieving. Finding contentment in the midst of physical or emotional discomfort is an attribute that I strive for, and I relish hearing when others embody contentment in their own difficult situations. One example is that I love reading and listening to endurance athletes' stories, how they push their bodies to perform at the right level, step by step, pedal stroke by pedal stroke, swim stroke by swim stroke, knowing that each repetitive action requires a constant state of contentment within a constant level of discomfort. I admit that I find satisfaction with this burden, this process of, of shouldering the burden. I like the challenge of in, uh, involved in controlling the mindset, the perspective, and the execution required to complete big things by being content in the process. Time, distance, it's often out of our control. My mantra, this soon shall pass. I enjoy and, and love thinking and talking about how apathy is the dark black sheep of contentment. I think finding contentment in idleness can be a dangerous thing. And it does require a balance sometimes only visible in hindsight or intentional introspection. Simply put, there's a, a conscious check that this contentment does not lead to not giving a crap. I love talking about this analogy of, of preparing, mixing, and, and baking a cake. If we're able to reach this contentment within the process itself, we lack attachment to the final product. If it tastes cool, uh, if it tastes great, cool, no worries. Uh, I love cake, everyone loves cake. If it catches on fire and uh, you know goes disaster in a disastrous way, no big deal. It was still an enjoyable process. It's such a great model for life and a challenge to the notion that contentment is idleness. It's, it's not. I realize that I'm making too big of a deal of serenity. Sorry, serenity, maybe I should give you a second chance. Uh, Kate and I have a list of baby names. Do you think it maybe should be added? I'll get past it. Even if I have to read, God grant me the contentment to accept the things I cannot change. So I'm looking forward to hearing more and, and learning more today about the contentment prayer, how we can find patience in the process, how we can foster the courage to change and through experiences grow wiser. Come, let us listen.
really didn't get to know Marianne until I had a cancer diagnosis about five years ago. And Marianne was there at services and I was there at services and, you know, our paths just didn't really cross. And, um, you know, you kind of get your own little pod sometimes in groups and communities. And I kind of stayed in that pod. And then when I revealed to the congregation that I was going through cancer, Marion stepped up and quietly after a church service and told me that he just wanted to know that he was supporting me and what he had gone through. And from that moment on, he just had such a place in my heart. And um, he was he was just such a kind, loving person. And um, I'm mad at myself that I, <laughs> I didn't make a friendship with him earlier. Um, I missed out on a little time that we could have been good buddies. But um, I'm really going to miss him. And um, I hope, you know, we as a congregation, we can find a good way to continue to support his nephews that he loves so much. I was privileged to walk with Marion through some of his treatment, which was considered curable. So this was quite a shock. He is down to the last three treatments and driving himself, picking up prescriptions, following the orders. And uh, he just slept away at home. He didn't show up for an appointment. So we went out there and he was peacefully where he always slept. Um, an event, something took him, but um, it's all really a shock. And I was so privileged to get to know him and I admired his spirit. He was so positive and the humor he shared with the nurses and doctors was delightful. They loved it. They kidded him about his hair and things like that. You know, he, he didn't lose any of it. The doctor said, I told you you'd lose it and you didn't. And um, he was really quite a, um, I'm so glad I got to know him. The first time I got to know, to meet Mary and I didn't even know who he was. And, and I was just starting to help Donna with the holiday market, maybe back in 2017, 2016. And he was the only guy. Now, some guys have stepped up since who ever contributed something to the food for the holiday market. And I could still remember he made a funfetti cake that was for the dessert. And I, I didn't know who he was. I, when I saw his name, I just assumed it was a woman contributing. And I said, well, which one are you? And he said, I'm the redhead who sits in the, and told me, and when I went in, it was married. And, and that was my introduction to him. And, and as all of you know, on the many committees you've been on with Marion, he's always stepped up to fill in and help and do things for other people. And, and that is it's gonna be so missed. I could mention uh, the, when Marion first came to uh, UU, it's been what, five or six years ago, it was very interesting that by coincidence, I had been at a class reunion the night before on a Saturday night. And there in the memorials, for everybody in my class that had died was Marion's name. And so I hadn't seen him for 
probably 50 years. I met him in the ninth grade. So I assumed he was dead. But when I went to church the next morning and I saw Marion Dobbs, and I thought, what a blessing, you're alive. And we all met him then. He's been here involved for the past five or six years. So I just wanted to say that uh, I really think he already rose again once. So maybe <laughs> a second time. You know, I, I, of course, I do everybody's genealogy. And, and so I did an inquiry in, into Marion's ancestry and discovered that he was related to Mary Glasson. And so I, I was, you know, was able to share that with them that, that they were, they were distantly related. They were third cousins once removed, but they were cousins. And so, and Mary was, she was thrilled to, to take him in and claim him as, as family too. So I first met Marion in um, probably one of the first membership meetings he attended. And um, I was really struck by how thoughtful and deeply researched he was. Before he joined, he read everything in our library about Unitarian Universalism. And um, that just really touched me. He was very, very committed. Wow, I talked to Marion early on when he was trying to make a decision about whether he and his great nephew should visit. Um, and, and at that time, that particular nephew um, lived with him and he had been raising him. And um, that, that was what was primary in his mind. He had to find a place that fit for him spiritually, but it was even more, accept, more important that his great nephew be accepted and feel like part of the community. So I, I felt honored that they came and stayed and kept coming back. And yesterday um, after I um, found out that he had passed on, um, I called a couple of people who haven't been at UU for a while who I knew would want to know, might even, and neither one of them have been aware, reading, keeping up with the UU emails. So they were happy that, they weren't happy to hear the news, but they were glad that they were informed via phone call. And both of them said the same thing that I had been thinking, that he did all these things. I mean, I'm glad to hear already this morning so many other people saying how much they saw him do. So now I'm even more aware, like he, like he was a super volunteer, but I was calling him a stealth volunteer when I was um, still at UU every Sunday because he would just, we would be in youth group, his nephews would be in youth group and, and he was somewhere waiting on them and would come out and the kitchen would be clean. And I mean, he would just show up and pitch in. It was amazing. He was always doing something out in the lawn. I mean, it, so I told him he was a stealth volunteer. He appeared, did this magic and then disappeared. So amazing, thank you. Well, I was on um, the worship committee with um, the Sunday service committee with um, Marion. And I just have always thought of him as fearless. He just would go forward. It didn't matter. I mean, he would even say to me, you know, I don't even know that I have this or that to do the job, you know, but onward he would just go and he would just dive in, which, you know, um, I'm always questioning myself. And so I hope I take that part of him with me that you just dive in, you know, doesn't matter what you don't know or how good you think you are, just dive in. That was Marion. 
Uh, Melissa Rittenhouse shared that as an introvert, sometimes coffee hour can feel overwhelming to her. Uh, Marion always made her uh, time to speak to her in a very non-pushy way. His smile made her feel welcome. She plans to remember this when we return and make sure that she participates in making others feel welcome. Lori Swanson also shared that Marion was always a great presence in all of the teams they worked on together. Um, they, uh, Lori is especially thankful that he was on Sunday services team with her. So, um, sorry. So uh, he will truly be missed. He was always so willing to help in whatever way he could. He never cared about being recognized for the work he did, but he quietly did a lot. Um, quietly did a lot for UCCI. And then finally, and these might continue to come in, so I apologize if, I, if I'm not able to say them all. I'll just say these last two and then see if there's any final verbal comments. Marion from Mallory and Dan Farrington, Marion participated in every ruse meeting, our family group for parents and families. He cared so much for his nephews and always had great things to share and was not afraid to be vulnerable. And then um, finally, Stephanie and David Studley and the Studleys. It can be overwhelming to take our children anywhere, especially a place that we need uh, to be quiet or use soft voices. Uh, Marion was a welcoming beacon at UUCCI. His smiling face put me at ease. He was so interested in what the kids' latest adventures were. Yeah, I just wanted to say, out of all the memories I have with Marion, one of the things that sticks to me the most is um, a youth group where we were doing, um, it was, it was a Mar around Martin Luther King Day, and I had planned an activity for the kids that was designed to um, sort of teach us where our privilege was. And Marion helped with, with it as we were splitting up into four groups and was working with um, Dallas and Dallas's team. And I just still am struck by how he interacted with Dallas and Tristan, his whole heart and mind were involved with every interaction with them. Um, he was so present. He was so nurturing and taking time to explain and patient. And um, it just, he, he was the model of how you would interact with with your teenager and um, I just am amazed at what he was able to do and how how much of an influence he was in their young lives and I really honor him for that. I'm sure that there's many other um, people who could share stories and we will find more ways to honor and celebrate Marion's life. I appreciate uh, those who have spoken or written there today or have perhaps felt them deep inside and um and if you didn't know marion well at all well or at all i hope that some of these stories uh reflect uh just the the kindness of of who he was um and the kind of um special place that he loved that was really like a home to him In replacement of a, of a sermon and expression of thoughts and ideas, um, we'll spend some time to um, uh, 
process and, and provide a, a, a time for space. Um, well, I admit I, I've not been able to uh, had an opportunity to lead a meditation to a computer before, but I trust that you are people behind the, the camera here. Um, and likewise, maybe some of us have not had an opportunity to take practice in a meditation online and, and listening to something through an earpiece or a speaker, uh, but we'll, we'll give it a try. We'll, we'll see how things, uh, how things go here. So uh, we'll, we'll take about five minutes and um, do a, a little bit of preparation of the body and provide some time for silence and, and space. If, if things are quiet, it's okay. The, you're still connected, so uh, trust the internet. If, if we must, knowing that you're still connected, um, maybe that will be a, a, a good distraction um, and we'll, we'll try to avoid that. So to prepare our bodies, uh, I invite you to, to find a posture that's comfortable to you. Um, sometime that may be supporting your back, maybe coming to the edge of your seat so that our, our back is straight, our spine almost stacking vertebrae on top of each other so that it's resting. Place your feet flat on the floor if you're able. Place your hands in a position which is a, a cue for yourself that we're spending some time for ourselves. And maybe that's simply folding our hands on our lap, maybe taking a, a posture you're familiar with of, of chin mudra if if that's in your meditation practice. Let your eyes go soft and find and join in me with me a big deep breath in. Expand in. And slowly let that breath out. Find one more big intentional deep breath in. And slowly, slowly let that breath out. The last, the bottom of the breath, maybe pushing the last bit of breath out. Let your awareness travel down towards your feet and find the weight and connection, the sensation between your socks or shoes to your feet and toes. Let your feet be heavy. Let your calves and shins and knees be heavy, supported. And let your thighs, your hips, your belly and back, be heavy. Find a deep intentional breath in. And as you exhale, let your shoulders be heavy. Travel your awareness down your shoulders to your elbows, your forearms and hands and fingertips. Find a deep breath in, let the breath travel up the spine to the top of the head. Being aware of what's present on the top of the head, maybe that's lightness, any sensation which is present. Let your awareness travel down the face, eyebrows, nose and cheekbones and jaw. 
and let go. Maybe placing the tip of the tongue on the roof of the mouth with a gentle pressure just above the front teeth, allowing a pasture of pasture of, of air travel back the back of the throat. Allowing that cool, soft breath travel in. And that warm breath out. Our mind is often like a child that can walk around and be curious. And if that happens with the love and affection of a mother, slowly bring the mind back. Let it focus on the tip of the nose, watching the cool breath travel in. and warm breath traveling out. with your eyes soft, your body heavy. Imagine a basket over on to the left side, sitting on the floor next to you. Imagine that this basket is empty. And as thoughts come to your mind about things that happened in the past, Feel free to place those thoughts in that basket to your left side. And imagine a basket to your right also. And if those thoughts come about ideas of the future, things that may or may not happen, you can place those thoughts gently into the basket on the right side. And imagine a third basket in front of you. And if there's thoughts that come to the mind about the present moment, whether those are, are um, thoughts about things that are heavy or light, things that may be joy, things that may be grieving, take this time to slowly and gently place those thoughts in front of you in the basket. And as we have thoughts and we have these places to put them about the past, the future, and the present, find comfort in just simply watching the breath. 
Bringing that awareness back to the tip of the nose, to the nostrils, feeling cool air travel in. And out. In. You can slowly find one more deep breath in, filling up the whole body, expanding the diaphragm and rib cage, expand. And slowly let out. Invite a little bit of movement into the toes and fingertips. And slowly, slowly open the eyes. Thanks for sharing in some space today.